This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. All right, so every week through this Fruit of the Spirit series, Joel has been uh, challenging you guys, I believe, to memorize the Fruit of the Spirit in that passage of Scripture. So we're going to start just like that with the Fruit of the Spirit uh, that we find in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. But the Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The fruit that would uh, best show self-control would be the kiwi. Right? You try to get... The, the fruit outside of that furry brown skin, and if you press the spoon in too hard, you're going to break the skin. And you've got a whole other set of issues and things that you've got to work around, but you've got to be careful and precise and take your time to get that sweet green fruit out of there. Uh, the second place uh, finish for uh, the fruit of so, uh, self-control would be the grapefruit, right? Because if you try to scoop out a section of the grapefruit What's it going to do? It's going to go straight for your eye, right? The eye is the only part of the grapefruit that it's interested in. It's going to go straight for it, and you've got to watch out for it, right? But it gets second place because it's the fruit of diets, right? And so it's kind of got a bad rep that way. But we practice so that self-control will help us consistently do what is right. And the Greek word for self-control used here means the ability to take a grip of oneself, to hold on to oneself, to control oneself, to have self-control. So let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may, ha- you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perse- perse- perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Greek word for make every effort means to work alongside of. And while the Holy Spirit gives us power, right, it gives us a divine nature that lives with us and gives us what we need to make the proper decisions. 
we have to make every effort to use it in our everyday life to show self-control. But we can't get by on just our own effort or just the own effort of the Holy Spirit. We need to work together. We need to be open to its call. We need to be open to its leading. Go where it's calling us so that we can make the best decisions and show self-control. Participation with the Holy Spirit is making ourselves available to work to the work of the Holy Spirit to produce its fruit in us. And it's not a passive experience. It increases in us, and the fruit that we produce for the Lord increases in us the more we surrender ourselves to God, to the Holy Spirit, and to its leading. And that takes practice, to lay ourselves down for something bigger and greater than us. And sometimes practice is about failing over and over and over again. I'm sure we've been there when we're trying to learn a new skill or or learn something new. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of failure. But eventually, the goal for practice is to get it right. And once you get it right, to get it better, and to get better and better and better. Practice means getting, relearning some of the things that we've done wrong, getting rid of some of the things that, uh, that we've learned the wrong way, that we fall back on. Right? We all have natural things that we fall back on. When we're faced with a stressful situation, we have a fallback stance and a fallback temperament that comes with that. Right? When we're faced with tough times, we have a fallback behavioral pattern that we go into. And part of the practice of self-control is to get rid of those negative traits and to replace them with positive traits, traits that would glorify God. Part of practice is knowing what to practice, and what not to practice, and being self-aware of what is working and what isn't working. Uh, this summer, I got the uh, pleasure of helping coach Chance's baseball team. And uh, one of, during one of our first practices, there was a kid who showed up, and he had his right-handed glove on his left hand. All right, so the glove's facing backwards, and he can't seem to field or catch anything, right? And throughout the practice, we keep reminding him, put the glove on your left hand, all right? We had to remind him over and over and over again, put your glove on your left hand. Not only could he have, was he having difficulty fielding, but if he did somehow was able to field the ball, he couldn't throw the ball because he was throwing with the wrong hand. So finally we get him figured out, and he's throwing the ball better, but he's still struggling to catch the ball. And so we're working on stuff, and Baum says, whoa, 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 whoa. Can I, can I interrupt practice? Can I just speak to my child for a second? And I'm like, okay. And so she goes, no, no, no. You've got to put your glove on the other hand. It's got to go here, right? And so she switches his glove back over, and then she looks at me and she says, that's the right hand, right? Well, no, <laughs> it's not. But when we practice and we're trying to practice self-control, we need to pay attention to what we should be practicing and how we should practice, and we need to be self-aware of what we need to be doing for the Lord and what we should not be doing. Right? What is the right pattern? What is the right tools that we need to put into our life so that we can be the best examples and produce the best fruit that we can for our Lord? We all have areas in our lives that we would consider weaknesses. All areas, we all have areas in our lives that 
are struggles for us. We're tempted easily in those areas, or we fall into temptation easily in those areas. And other people may look at our life and not see those things, right? They don't see the areas we struggle. They see the areas where we have strength. And maybe people see our lives and they clearly see the areas where we struggle. And maybe we're aware of that stuff and we're working on it, or we're completely unaware of it and we're not willing to work on it. Or maybe we're aware of it, but we're instead of actually dealing with the actual problem that we're having, we're dealing with everything else around it and kind of refusing to address the issues. But the important thing for us is to remember is that, one, we need to be self-aware enough to know that we need help in an area. That's the first step. I need help in this area. This is where I struggle. The second step is giving that to God and letting the Holy Spirit work with us and alongside of us to help guide us through what we need to do to strengthen those areas so that we can produce better fruit. And it may even mean that a third step is required where we need to go reach out to other people who have maybe struggled with the same things that we have, that we can go to to trust, that they can help hold us accountable, help guide us through that process. But Peter lists the progression of development that takes place as we grow. It starts with faith, faith moves to goodness, then to knowledge, to self-control, to perseverance, to godliness, to mutual affection, and then to love. The order is significant. Growing in affection and love is last on the list, but it's rooted in our faith and our knowledge, those things that help us grow and understand who God is more and more and more. And the more we understand who God is, we begin to see the world and the people in that world and the people around us as his children, as his created beings that deserve to be loved like he loves them. And that's where love comes in, because if we skip those other steps and we love other people without having proper faith and knowledge of who God is and how he has us love the world, we can use that love in a way that's not designed to be used. We'll be manipulating the people through our love or passing on our agenda to them instead of genuinely loving them as Christ would love them. And as we grow, we'll need that self-control. But perseverance is right after self-control. Because we can't just have self-control and then walk away and make it be easy because self-control is never easy, right? We're going to continually face wave after wave after wave of temptation that comes our way that we're going to need to be able to stand against. We need to have that perseverance to say, you know what? I need to stick to this. I need to keep this thing out of my life. I need to have control over this area of my life so that I can be who God wants me to be. And it's not going to be a one-time wave, right? And sometimes it might be a ripple, and sometimes it might be a tidal wave. But we're always going to be facing the next temptation in those areas of our weaknesses, and we need to continually have perseverance to stand up against those things. And we learn self-control by making careful decisions before we are faced with temptation. And so part of the game plan is not just simply removing things from our life, because there might be people in our life that are a weakness for us. And so we need to begin to set up 
boundaries so that we can keep those people in our life, but we need to have healthy boundaries so that we can face temptation and we can face those devastating times with confidence and knowing that we're doing our very best to show self-control. So let's look at Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. He teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. We must not only renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, but we need to replace them with things that are positive, with positive characteristics. We need to fight against those temptations, but find things to put in their place that are healthy and productive to help us learn to produce the fruit of the Spirit more readily in our lives. We need to decide what we want our character to look like, what we want our fruit to look like. We need to think of what it looks like at the end. Like, this is who I want to be, right? This is who God has called me to be. This is what it looks like for me to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And so if that's the end goal, then we need to walk backwards. We need to start putting into place the steps that we need to have in our life to lead us to that goal. We need to have the boundaries and the parameters set to prevent us from sin and going down paths that we know we shouldn't be going down so that we can continue to walk towards the characteristics and the image of God that we are so trying, of God-likeness that we're trying to pursue and to be like. We want to produce his fruit. We want to be a light to the world. We want to glorify God through our actions, through our words, through our life. And we need to think about that and then set up what we need to have set up in place so that we can best do that. Think about when we're traveling down the road. And when you're traveling down the road, every once in a while you'll see guardrails along the way. And those guardrails don't line the road to keep us in the lanes, right? That's what the, the stripes are for. The guardrails are there to prevent us from any dangerous hazards that are just off the edge of the road, right? Sometimes it's, it's a river or, or sometimes it's a big dip or a goalie or, a, you know, if you're driving through the mountains or whatever, but those are there to prevent us from going off the road and injuring ourselves or our car or worse. Those things are there to protect us. And in our lives, we need to put up guardrails. Things that are going to keep us from the dangers, keep us from sin, to keep us from going where we shouldn't go. That's part of self-control. But I also think about the shoulder and those little rumble strips, right? Have you guys ever hit one of those rumble strips? Whether you're tired or not, and you just hit one of those, and it immediately alerts you to the hazard that you're approaching. You're getting ready to come off the road. You're getting ready to face danger. And the guardrails are great, but sometimes in life what we tend to do is we see this guardrail and we say, this is, this is the line. This is the line that I can't cross, and I'm just going to hang out right here. And we think that that's acceptable, and we think that that's safe. 
But there's no warning. As soon as we veer off the road, we're in danger, right? But if, we have, if we're driving in this lane and we're, we're trying to achieve godliness, and we're trying to bear fruit, and we're trying to do our very best to be like Christ, we have that shoulder, we have that rumble strip to give us the warning, you're heading towards danger. We need to not just have boundaries, but we need to have steps and be self-aware of when we're starting to head towards that edge. Okay? Those are the boundaries and the parameters we need to put into our life so that we can stand up against temptation. And part of the problem is, is sometimes we don't want to put up those guardrails. We enjoy the things that we know is a weakness. We enjoy maybe that sin. And we know it's wrong. We know we shouldn't do it. But we do it anyway. But to show self-control, to be like Christ, means we need to make sure that we are taking every precaution we can to prevent ourselves from being in a dangerous place. Think about an athlete in uh, practicing as a, as, a, as a team. Some of these guys uh, come in particularly, uh, sometimes scouts will look at guys that come out of high school as opposed to guys that come out of college. You think, why would a major league team want a guy out of high school as opposed to a guy who's coming out of college? Because the college guy's got more experience and he's more ready to play. But sometimes that guy who comes out of college had bad habits in high school and nobody bothered to fix them in college and now he's got four more years of bad habits that they've got to break before he's ready to play on their team. Whereas the guy out of high school, it's going to be easier to break his habits, his bad habits, and help him develop the habits that, and the practice skills that are going to help him be part of the team sooner and faster and be more productive. In our lives, sometimes we need to break those bad habits. And that's sometimes the toughest battle. Sometimes we have to do that before we can even set up the boundaries. We have to set up the boundaries so that we can fix those bad habits and replace them with positive habits. Replace them with ways that are going to bring us closer and closer to God. And all this is done for a reason. And let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body to make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. When we train for a marathon, and I'm not much of a runner, but I did one 5K one time, and it was not fun, right? Running has never been a problem. I've always been really fast, like one of the fastest guys I know, but it's for short distances. Don't ask me to run long distances. It's not my thing. Endurance is the problem, and that's what I had to work on the most, right? And so when we're training for something, we all have our limitations. We all have the things that prevent us from being top level or getting better. 
We need to discover those things and work on them so that we can break those barriers, so that we can become more of who God has called us to be. There's things in our life that are holding us back that we need to fight against, that we need to have self-control in, that we need to give to the Holy Spirit, work alongside of Him so that we can break those barriers, become more who, more of who Christ has called us to be. And we need to put those barriers in our place also to help prevent us from leading a life of sin and veering off the course of godliness. So whatever your struggle is, whether it's spending, spending time at work, family issues, pornography, lying, stealing, whatever your issue is, today's the day where we get to make, get to draw the line in the sand and say, no more. I'm not giving into this anymore. No longer I'm going to let you have control of this. I'm giving this to God and I'm letting him have control of it and we're going to set these boundaries into place to prevent myself from ever going back there again. Right? And be sure not to ignore the warning signs that you get as you get closer and closer to that boundary because you will. We always do. Right? As that tidal wave starts to sweep us closer and closer to that guardrail, we need to be reminded of the warning signs we're seeing so that we start to work our way back to where God is calling us to be. So today's the day where you get to make that decision to say, no more. I'm going to show self-control, and I'm going to begin to bear that fruit in my life.